Judd, the Judds, um, well, tragedy um, over the weekend. Um, Naomi, mom, uh, died unexpectedly at 76. And then last night, uh, inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, Ashley and uh, Winona spoke through tears. Mm. And then uh, Vince Gill. Um, Garth Brooks, Trisha Yearwood, many others performed the Judd songs. Mm. So you had the passing yeah. on Saturday, and then you had the induction on Sunday, which was a public eulogy, sure. kind of. Yep. Um, yep. A tribute, quite uh, yeah. a tribute. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And um, um, and then uh, when they got up, they recited uh, the twenty-third Psalm. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I know. Oh. So and very sad. She uh, she had uh, a mom Naomi uh, had uh, just so so tough uh, because I I was one of those people that grooved on the Judds um, in the eighties and nineties when they came. it was it was good it was listenable mm-hmm. and it was it was good music sure and having guys listening to the Judds yeah it was like yeah. wow a big deal you know, yep uh, it, it was kind of like you know when you were blurting out uh, in traffic. And you're singing Shania Twain. <laughs> Man, I feel <laughs> like a woman. You know, okay, yes. fine. Yeah. Um, but it, it was it was just good, fun music. Yeah. And uh, she, uh, when they were at the height of their career, uh, she was a nurse um, by trade. Um, and she contracted hepatitis C. And the doctors had given her three years to live. Mm-hmm. And they started to pull back. And she beat it. And then she succumbed to mental illness. Oh. And she said, um, you know, there were years she just wouldn't get off the couch. Sure. And she wrote about it. And yeah. so, oh, just, so you know, you, 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 you have one death sentence and you beat it. And you beat it, yes. That's oh, only to yeah, yeah. fall to a different one. So sorry that your uh, homecoming was uh, yeah, that was a besmirched bit of a by that. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Well, we lost one star and got another star back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just couldn't have Matt do another week of trying to get his voice low like yours. I, I I'm sure that was quite a stretch. It for was him to, to get just as low going, as get mine. it lower, Matt. Yeah. Low. <laughs> get a cold. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. try it. Oh goodness. So anyway, oh. 
But welcome back. Welcome well, home. Well, thank you. Thank you. It is good to be home. We had a fantastic time away, though. Um, it, it is very nice to be back home. It does. Every time you go away, it's refreshing, but it also makes you appreciate what you come home to. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I, I love my home. Yep. So yep. it is good to be back. I got to tell you, one of the funniest things we did was we went to uh, we went to Discovery Cove, and we were part of it was we were snorkeling. Ooh. And one of my first times that I remember snorkeling. Really? And the, oh, I love that. <laughs> everybody else in our group was doing fine. The rest of my family, fine. They they kind of well, got always, through the mechanics. When you dive, always exhale. <laughs> no, no. Here's what Jeannie does yeah. with the snorkel mask on. Okay, first I get the little the goggly things yeah. on, which you know, it, it, even that was a trip because I've got the nose thing covering my mouth. It did, oh. and that freaked me out. Okay. So that was obstacle number one. Number two, I kept getting my lip caught up in the nose thing. Look like a, my daughter was laughing at me so hard. She said, I look like a total doofus. And then I'm taking the mouthpiece that you put in. I'm clamping down on it, mm-hmm. which is supposed to make it so you can breathe. You stick your head yeah, underwater. I, I know. What do I do? I go underwater. The suit, the minute the water touches my face, I'm freaking out, standing up, flailing, causing a scene. I finally get myself to put my face in the water and I'm holding my breath. That's not what yeah, snorkeling no, no, is. No. So it was quite a learning no. curve for me. See, when when you dive, yeah, um, with a snorkel. Yep. Okay. Yep. And once you're underwater, yep. Always exhale. Okay. Because the tube has now filled with water. Oh. So if you immediately suck in, you're just sucking <clears throat> in. Yeah. Well, yeah. I had plenty of salt water in my mouth, and then of course, so we're snorkeling with rays and with these beautiful fish well not only of course are you getting salt water in there but everything that the fish are giving off you're sucking they, they in and drinking we got you exactly yeah, got and then i'm starting to think about this and i'm like I, i'm not sure how this sounded like something i wanted to pay money for but it was fun it, it was quite an adventure oh it's always an and adventure. i got a lot of laughs <laughs> i was in uh gosh i was in cozumel diving mm-hmm. and we were watching the barracudas yeah and they were over me. I was down probably 60 feet. Sheesh. And I'm looking at the barracudas. Now, barracudas are attracted to shiny metal things. Okay. And I've got my partner. Yeah. And we're just sitting there and we're <laughs> looking at the things and we're moving back and forth. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm looking down and here's my diver's watch. Oh, no. And I realize that it's shining. I'm like, oh, oh. Yeah. As the barracudas no are going, hey, look, there's something down here. <laughs> Like, Nothing oh, to see here. Man, you yeah, know, you know, five foot barracudas, yeah. eat teeth. Like, yeah, okay, cover that up. Just watch them swim by. Thank oh, you. Oh goodness, so, yeah, it's yeah. terrifying. So I'm I'm snorkeling along with Rachel. She's I can kind of see her off to my side, and um, you know, we're seeing these beautiful fish, bright blue mm, and mm. yellow, and just fascinating. And we keep going off into this little cove, and then over there at the bottom, I see a shark. And I'm pointing to Rachel. I'm like, look, look, right there. And he's not moving. He's not doing anything. But he was very real. Then I realized there's a glass barrier. I'm like, oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> We're all good. But it, it, yes, what an adventure. But yeah, I wasn't as close as you were to your shark. There was, uh, gosh, where was it? Uh, yeah, it was in Cozumel. Another time I was down there. Um, they have uh, met, um, um, oh, <laughs> what am I thinking? Um, uh, Fish. <laughs> no, no. Um, Snakes. Eels. E- eels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this uh, is like password. Yeah. Okay. They were in the rocks. Yeah. And they would 
jump out oh. at fish. Yep. And the guide, mm-hmm. this is how he would get tips. He had a little bag of morsels, and he would put food out, and his hands were all moray eels. Okay. They were mores. Sure. And these are nasty things. Yeah. And, yeah, and they would come out and take the food, mm. and he wanted us to give him tips. Okay, tip. Don't do it. Right. There's right. the tip. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. But it is. It's. It's. You, there's this weird. You have to retrain your brain not only to. It's okay to breathe now. Don't hold your breath while you're snorkeling. But as fish are going underneath me, so this giant, you know, stingray is is going right under my feet, and I'm like, ha, like to not freak out because that's why you're there. You're trying to swim with it's them. Just, they, just, they don't care. They're just like, hey, big fish. Yeah, they're, you know. and they're so used to it. They're like, get out of my way. Yeah. yeah. No, they were really cute. I mean, one brushed my side. And then once you get used to it, it was amazing. Now, would you do it again? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, that's <laughs> Now there'd be maybe less of a learning curve. But it really, it was a good adventure. It was a good stretching exercise for Jeannie. That, that's always fun. Yeah, it was. You know? Yep. Uh, always play a little over your head. Exactly. You do do something you haven't done before. Yep. Yep. yep, for sure. And the fact that you go back and do it again is kind of cool. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. I know. Wow. <laughs> Jeannie has an adventure. Wow. That, no, that's, that's, that's very good. Yeah, it was good. Nice job. It was very good. Uh, Red Sox are off today. Um, good. Uh, because that was a rough, rough week last week. Um, Were week? they upset that I has gone, had gone away? Yeah, they basically tanked their oh, games. Okay. Uh, they lost yesterday 9-5. to five. Mm-hmm. Um, They uh, lost Saturday. Two to one, um, did win on Friday, uh, three to one. But Baltimore is like the worst team in the AL East, and they took two out of three from the Red Sox. I'm like, mm. oh man, come on, <laughs> not good. So um, they're recouping today because they knew you were coming back. Good. Uh, so tomorrow they're back at Fenway, taking on the uh, Angels for three games. Um, so. Hopefully we can write the ship. Yeah. Jeannie's home socks. Right. It's, it's okay. okay. Let's let's yeah. step up now. Play well. 8.15, we'll take a break. Back with more right after this. I, I just died on your arms tonight. There must have been something you said. I just died on your arms tonight. Number one song on this date, what year? 1984. Ooh. How close was I? 83. Missed by three. (laughs) 81? 87. Oh. 87. I went in the wrong direction. Cutting Crew. Okay. I just died in your arms last night. Interesting. That's a song I forget about. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's somewhat forgettable, but as soon as you hear it, you're in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay, I got it. For sure. I got it. Uh, 8.20 is the time. Um, the Sunapee Lake Queen. She's back, finally. Yay. Finally. Yep. It's uh, took, to the, took to the lake yesterday for the first time. Oh. Joining the fleet of Sunapee Cruises, where folks can catch a ride and check out the, the lake and uh, uh, have 
supper and you know the whole thing um it's the uh the fenton crew uh co-owners tim and peter fenton um they they ordered the thing like two years ago um but it just it, they ordered it in missouri and it traveled all the way uh, it had to be an approved route uh to be trailered and so you know traffic and then there were traffic delays and wow yeah finally finally got here <laughs> wow. so it is now on the lake and um yeah wonderful it's it's, it's very cool so um yep sunapee cruises you can uh, check it out um go to um sunapeecruises.com and say okay the new dinner boat i want to get on it i want to fine Go ahead. <laughs> Tell Pete. It's always a good time. Pete and repeat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's relaxing. It's enjoyable. You get to see, oh, yeah, just the beautiful breeze blowing by. It's it's a good time. Oh, it is. And the good folks that are leading. Well, well and you know, that, that's, <laughs> the personality of the of the folks that. Th- are that's it. the nice part. Of yeah, it. it is. You know, yep. it's it's always uh, always a hoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just you know for some people, um, it's just low drag entertainment. It is. It it's just relaxing. It's a nice thing to do, but it's one of those you got to do it. Yep. And I've done it. Um, I remember, I was trying to. I did it one year. I was trying to let them let me uh, troll a line out. <laughs> <laughs> did they nix that for yeah, you? Yeah, they did. Yeah, aren't they I'm funny like, that come way? Come on, buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. You know, while I'm here having supper, yeah, I'm just yeah. got a line just out. Just got a line. It's yeah, just, it's not bothering it anyone. Just made sense. Uh-huh. But no. <laughs> can't do that yeah they get kind of picky with that well you guys are not fun Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway um but yeah it's a great time it really is and and they'll talk about uh you know points of interest Mm -hmm. around the lake and Mm -hmm. stuff like that it's one of those things where i'm a big proponent of being a tourist in your own state you got to remember to do the fun things like a lot of us think of that if you've got guests coming in from out of town you're okay how do i show them the highlights of new hampshire then you start thinking of those things but you know what we live here we have all of these great things at our fingertips mountains lakes ocean so you got to think of those things and just be a tourist in your own state Uh, and i agree um uh, i mean how many times have i said people think that new hampshire stops um at lincoln yeah I'm like, really? Yeah, Have yeah, you guys yeah. not been north of the notch? Oh, there's so much. Oh, my yeah. God. It's it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, there are, oh, there's some places, um, like when you're going over 16, um, between Glen and Gorham, up by the Mount Washington Auto Road, Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's the Peabody River mm-hmm. uh, right next to the road as you're coming down from Wildcat uh, to the Auto Road. Um, you cross the Peabody River. And... But there are some, cut through the uh, rocks, uh, there are some caves in there. The water goes over. Mm. And you can dive under and sit in the cave. Yep. And just, wow, watch. And oh, I fished in there and swam in there, hottest day of the summer. Yeah. It's excellent. It's beautiful stuff. Oh, it's great. One of the best things you can do is actually get lost. Right? And and you're going to find and discover all kinds of little things. Which, (laughs) it's funny to talk about getting lost because when you start giving directions like oh it's up in Glen, you know on this and the Peabody yep. River I'll pay attention anytime someone's giving me directions I've got maybe the first two points that they're giving me yep. okay you're gonna turn get out of here you're gonna take a right and then you're gonna go up half a mile and then I've stopped 
because I can't take in any more than that. So it's really pointless. Look for Just the blue barn. Me, yeah, like maybe I'd glom onto that. But yeah. yeah, if you give me three more instructions after that, it's just not happening. I will get as far as two directions, and then I'd have to stop and ask again. Yeah, I've I've done that too, and, and said, you know, I think this, I think I know where this comes out. Yeah, yeah, and then it comes out. No, Somewhere this is not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got no idea. What but again, some of the best things. I mean, back when I was learning to drive, we didn't have GPS for everything, so you did get lost a lot, and you learned a lot about where you are <laughs> you and know, how to get out of it. And, yeah, mom, and you discover things. Mom and Dad throw me in the back of the car. Yeah, and when I could stand up. Yeah, uh, in the car because we didn't have seatbelts. <laughs> nope. Um, and and uh, yeah, they would just go out and get lost. Yes. Yep. I'm like, okay, just going for a drive. That well, was a thing. And it ended up, you know, two hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, wait a minute. Hey, we can have lunch here. Okay, yeah, fine. Great. Exactly. We've seen some of the most beautiful things in New Hampshire just kind of going on drives and saying, hey, where does this go? Huh. So it's well, good stuff. It is fun. And people don't really do that anymore. No. It's like, come on. Right. Go get lost. Don't always have to be on a destination on a tight time frame. No. That's when you find stuff. Right. It's like, oh my God! Remember when we remember when we got lost that that that, that place? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, that's well, the challenge, though. If you get if you discover something while you're lost, how are you going to get back there? Get lost again? That's, yeah. You know, try you to, try to remember where you started. Exactly to get lost. how you got lost. Yeah. yeah the, and there you no, go. No, it is. Uh, um, I don't know. To me, it's just fun. It is. But, yep. No, unfortunately, everybody's in such a a race. Yes. And I've got to be hooked up to GPS, and I got to be up. I've lost my cell signal. Oh Going my here god! And I got to be there by ten twenty. Yeah, and yeah, come on, guys, lighten up. Will yeah. you? have some fun. There's no no more spontaneity. Nope. It's just, nope. Wow, I don't get it. But anyway, may that as it be. Eight twenty six is the time. We're going to um, um, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to check in with. Uh, Tom Yastramski from Yastramski Electrical Services and Emergency Power Systems of Kentuckuk and see what's uh, shaking. We'll, we'll do that right after this. Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue, seems appropriate. Given our next guest from the Yastramski Electrical Services and Emergency Power Systems of Kentuckuk, the aforementioned Tom Yastramski. How are you, Tom? I am well, Peter. How are you? Good, 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 good. Good to have you back. We haven't chatted for a while. For a long time. Yes, sir. That's all right. You've been busy, though. Well, real busy. Real now, busy. now um, because your stuff is electrical services, um, you yeah. know, adding lights to the house and you know doing that wiring and stuff like that yeah. and doing emergency generators you are a yeah. caller uh titanium dealer yes um, we are um which are you doing more of you doing generators or electrical work we're doing a lot of generators right now okay yeah i mean we do we do i mean i've got crews out working the, the electrical part too but right right now we're trying to get a lot of the machines in that work we couldn't get in during the winter yeah are you able to get machines Oh yeah, we have inventory. Yep. Oh okay. We have inventory and we have uh, machines co- scheduled to come in. It's like anything, that, though, Peter. With um, 
with the way the, the um, freight situation is and all. You know, you just don't know when you're going to get stuff. And the whole supply line is still messed up. Well, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so it's not it's not like it used to be, you know, we could just, we knew for sure, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get, you know, 30, 40 machines next week. Yeah. You know, that's, you got to do a lot more planning now. Oh, well, that's, that's not my strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Well, I'll tell you, you have to get used to it pretty quick, or else you're going to have no no, no inventory. That's for sure. Mm. Now, do you have a waiting list? Yes. Okay. We do. We have we have a list of uh, for for different machines. Some machines, you know, are coming quicker than others. Um, so some of the your liquid cool machines may take a little longer than than uh, some of the air cooled. But it's it, it's hard to tell right now. Um, you know, we're, I tell everybody when we go out to do a site visit, Pete, I, I tell them that, um, you know, we do the best we can to get them as quick as we can. Um, and just hope that people understand that uh, with the supply line issues that we have, um, and it's every manufacturer. It isn't just coal or, you know, every manufacturer that's out there. And we, and we work with every manufacturer. So we, if somebody orders something and it's, yeah. it's in the pipeline, you yep. can you can go out and do the site work and do all the prep work and get it ready. We can do, yeah, we can do everything we can to get. Okay, you know, to to do it, we can we can go out like if we've got the switch, we can get the switch installed, get everything wired out to that location, and uh, and then just wait for the generator to come in. Oh, okay, yeah. Yep. So other than that, you know, it's um, you know we like I said, we do have inventory. We have inventory planning on uh, arriving. Um, this. I just got a notice the other day on some machines that will be coming in. So good, good. So once someone has a generator put in, what kind of like how difficult is it to be the operator of a generator if you're in that home? I mean, for the homeowner, for the average person, is there a lot involved in either maintaining or running the generator, or how does that work? Genie for a stand, for a standby, there isn't. A standbys are all automatic. You know, those are fully automatic machines. Power goes out, they'll be up and running on a caller. They're up and running in ten seconds. Time transferred over. Which you, it, it's like any piece of equipment. You always want to take. You know, you always want to go out and check it once in a while. Pull the dipstick, check the oil in it. You know, just don't forget it. Sure. Um, I always tell people, you know, if there, if if there's a storm coming in. Do yourself a favor and walk out, open up the cover, push the run button, fire it up, make sure it runs. It's much easier for us to fix a machine during the day than in the middle of a storm. <laughs> sure. A, it, yeah. You know, at 2 o'clock in the morning. So it's always, there's there's a responsibility. It's, it's a piece of equipment. You just don't let it sit. Yeah. Um, and, and so as far, as far as that goes, it's, it's basically for a homeowner, just check the oil, make sure the oil's there make sure that you hear the machine run and if you don't hear it run when it's supposed to exercise call because if it doesn't exercise this week it won't exercise next week yeah all right. you know, yeah so you know, if you if you've got a standby an automatic it's automatically going to come on now if you right. if you have a portable there's the difference where you've got to go out and start it and then do the manual switch over on the uh, right. on the circuit box right on a, on a portable that's that's the thing in in the the big difference between a portable and a and a standby is that portables basically are job site generators that have morphed into generators that people power houses with. They don't carry this, the same fault settings and they don't carry the uh, same protections that uh, a standby 
does a standby will constantly monitor your voltage and frequency to make it so make sure it's okay and if and if it goes out of that set those um set points then it will shut itself off a portable doesn't know any better it'll make 10 volts and run forever hmm. so you have to be careful with a portable um we always tell people if you if you're going to install a portable generator get yourself a little analog um voltage meter, plug it into an outlet that that generator is controlling and just keep an eye on it so mm. you can see what the voltage is that's being produced. Because you can just keep, you could just keep p- plugging stuff in. That portable generator has to run at 3,600 RPMs to make the right voltage, right frequency. Pretty hard to tell the difference between 3,400 and 3,600. Mm, good point. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's a, but it is a big difference in voltage. Now, so in the, now, uh, and and I can uh, what is it on Q on Q plus yes. uh, Kohler on Q plus. That's a internet based management monitoring system that Kohler supplies with all their machines. So I, I on my phone I can yep. if I'm out um, and somebody says hey storm just went through I can go on to see if my generator's on. You can go on and see it. It will actually, if your generator started, it would have sent you a message saying that it started, and it would also let you know that it's either exercising or powering the house. Oh, wow. It's it's a great feature. Kohler gives this to you. Um, it will let you know every time the generator starts, it's going to let you know whether it powers the house or exercises. It will let you know when it needs maintenance. And I think the best part is it will let you know if it can't start. That, I think, is the most important. Because generators now, they sit out back and, and nobody ever looks at them. So, you know, it's just it's just a, a box sitting, sitting out back. This way, it keeps you informed all the time what's going on. Mm. We, we put it on our a computer at our shop. We don't monitor it because I'd have to have somebody there 24-7. It's more for the customer to monitor themselves. But if there was ever a problem, you can always call me up. I, I'll log on. I'll take a look at it. And there's, I can start it, run it. I can see how it's how it's working. Hmm, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a it's a it's a great item, and like I said, Kohler doesn't charge you for it. It's included. So in your, so I'm still just intrigued by you've got all this um, electrical expertise, obviously. So you're going in. Let's say you're going in to do Gee, the. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> you're thanks. welcome. Professional, right here. Um, yes. So you're going in to help someone with a generator. As you're going into the house, how often are you finding? I mean, do you have to kind of go? Okay, I got to try not to look over here and see all of these problems over here that is not related. Or does it just kind of open up a whole thing where you're saying, hey, um, you know, this might be a little problem for you down the road. You might want to have this looked at or, you know, yeah. How often does that happen where you're finding uncovering some other um, potential issues? It it happens a lot. It happens a lot. Mm -hmm. And and as electricians, it's our responsibility to to let people know if we see issues. Sometimes there's issues that... uh, I can't install a switch unless I fix certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, you know, in the way the code reads, I can't, if I touch it, I got to fix it. Yep. I, I can't put something back that's uh, non-compliant with the code. Sure. sure. So, so there is, there is times, you know, it, it, to go in and it's safe to go in and put a, a transfer switch in. There's times where we've had to change the service out because the service is in, such poor shape that it isn't just you know putting a generator and a switch in now it's completely complete uh, service change 
which ultimately is probably a hidden blessing for the homeowner because they're uncovering a potential problem that they may not have found if they weren't trying to put in the generator. Right. And and as far as, you you know, your your electrical uh, system in your house, you're your panel and everything that's that's like the foundation mm-hmm. you know you, you got a good foundation and you get rid of a lot of and a lot of these changes that we do genie are, are changes where there's multiple old fuse panels uh that were just added in added in so you go in there you look and there's like five or six different old fuse panels all tied together and a lot of them were, weren't legal the way they were tied together um and we take and clean that all up and put one one main panel in all new circuit breakers and all. It just cleans the mess up. Sure, makes sure. it a lot safer. Wow. And you know, having a having a uh, portable generator, uh, excuse me, an automatic generator uh, by a caller, um, it's a great uh, addition to the house in terms oh, sure. of the value yeah. of the house. Sure. Yes. Yeah. More, more so, Peter. Remember when we first started this years ago? You know, you and I together, even on the radio, it's uh, not as many. Yeah, and now it now it's a it's awful hard to even drive down the street and find a house that doesn't have, you know, any street that doesn't yep. doesn't have a generator in it. No, absolutely, you're right. And and yep. right now it's a, a seller's market, and well, it, people are you know if you're asking four hundred for your house, um, I'm hearing people coming in paying four fifty cash. Oh uh, sure, you know, and yeah. if you've got a little extra, like hey, the house is uh, fully automatic. Gen- wow, bingo. Uh, well, a, a, a lot of it is too. After the pandemic, more and more people are working from home. Yep. Mm, yep so, and true. and you even find that some some businesses are are, are helping, you know, the the homeowner to, to buy the to buy the generator just so they can work from home. Oh, smart. And so, now, your your um, Kohler's been doing this since what? Nineteen twenty. Nineteen twenty. Okay, yep, and, March of twenty. Now, what's yeah. your generator? You've got a Kohler generator. How old is it? Oh, I have I have a thirty. A thirty. I have a code thirty that we used to run at the fair all the time. Yeah. And then I have now, so that's an operational machine. Then I've also got a twenty-seven. Wow. That, yeah. I, I just find yeah. that amazing—a generator from twenty-seven. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing that the, the one from thirty, just when you started, it's it's just an amazing piece of equipment. <laughs> and to realize that it's never been rebuilt, and it was automatic start, automatic start, or hand crank it. Wow. <laughs> either either way, so just great great pieces of equipment. Kohler makes a great product. You know, they that I mean that's what they're into. They're into generators. They make great, great machines. Now, when, you, when you work on all the different machines like we do, you you get to see who makes a good machine. Now you can serve obviously uh, as a titanium dealer. Uh, you, you service Kohler, but you also yeah. service uh, other generators as well. We do we do service for every manufacturer that's out there. We do all the warrant, warranty work for like Generac, Briggs and Stratton. You know. You know, we do all the all their all their warranty work. There you go. So if you you know say, oh well, I don't have a Kohler, so I guess you can't help me. Ah, nay nay. No, no. We, well, we we can certainly service it. We take care of it. We've got plenty of and plenty of parts and stuff for all of this stuff. And our, and our techs are our factory certified. They they do a great job. Good. We've so got great techs. Speaking of your tech, so uh, I'm always um, intrigued by, you know, replenishing the workforce, who we've got coming up through the ranks. Um, are you? Many folks are uh, struggling to find staff um, these days. And I'm I, thinking back even to when I was going through school, 
a lot of the trades were not really promoted and we've been promoting that to our sons honestly yeah. and just saying this is a great career to get into are you finding that there are a lot of young people coming up through wanting to become electricians are they are they aware of the possibilities are they and is it a big process how does that work for the workforce coming up through it's it's been a struggle to find help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to you want to add on a, a, a tech, new tech, or you want to add on another electrician. It's been a struggle. Sure. Um, just like every other you know business out there, you know, we, we have the same problems trying to trying to find help. But you, you just wonder where did everybody go? <laughs> um, a, a lot of I think I think our schools our schools need to need to push kids more towards the the Votech. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of kids that don't, you know, they're not they're not book learners. Right. They're they're hands-on learners, you know, and and those are the, the ones that we need out in the field. Right. Uh, we we need those those kids. There's not not many. I mean I remember when I went through my apprenticeship, there was multiple classes every night um in in every co- every college had had one around or um and, and now there's nothing. I mean, you you've got Manchester has, and up in Laconia, and there's the classes aren't that full mm-hmm. like they used to be. Yeah. I mean, there were, there used to be sixty guys in my class. Mm. You know, wow. And, and now you know you hear you know maybe maybe there's twenty twenty five. Mm. You know, and, and and we're getting old. The electricians in the state there's there's a lot of old electricians. Yeah, yeah. But has has the industry changed? Oh yeah, okay. the industry the okay. industry is co- constantly changes. All right. All right. Yeah, constantly changes, and right now, you know, it's it's just it's just crazy material wise trying to buy anything with this um, yeah. with this pa- pandemic. I mean, the same with generators have issues. Everything out there, there's there's some some meter sockets we can't even buy, Peter. Wow. So, you know, you can't even get some meter sockets. So how do you how do you put up? Uh, service to a house without a meter socket. See, I remember as a, uh, as, as a teenager, at one point, I wanted to be a lineman for the phone company. Yeah. I could have been retired by now. Yeah, you could Yeah, <laughs> yeah you could have. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, well. You could have. Yeah, yeah, I know. I thought that was a sweet gig, but hey, yeah. what do I know? Uh, yeah. 847, we got uh, to haul. Uh, okay. Are you on the road today? Or are you in the office? What are you doing? No, I'm a, I'm working in the office right uh, today. I've got a couple meetings and trying to clean up some paperwork, and I'll be out on the road tomorrow. Oh, cool. Well, Tom, as always, thanks for the time, and, and thank you for being a Red Sox sponsor. We appreciate it. Not a problem. All right, man. You guys take, take it easy, guys. All right. Thanks, you too. All thanks, right. Tom. Yeah, Tommy Stramsky is Stramsky Electrical Services and Emergency Power Systems of Kentuckook. Uh, but, you know, they do Mass. They do Maine, do Vermont. They're all over the place. Uh, 603-746-4853. If you want to continue the conversation with Tom, give him a call. We'll take a break. Back with more.
Phil Collins, Genesis. Nah, he can't dance. <laughs> this is a great song. Yeah. Cheesy video. Yeah, very cheesy. Made me think of a, uh, a Florida woman. Uh, she was suspected of uh, drunk driving. She performed multiple ballet and Irish folk dance moves oh. while undergoing field sobriety tests. Mm-hmm. They said, walk a straight line. <laughs> yeah. So she breaks into an Irish jig? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Okay. Uh, they went, uh, no, nice, but yeah. no. Yeah. Um, okay, walk, uh, one leg stand and walk and turn test. Mm-hmm. She, instead, she broke out her cross-disciplinary dance moves. Mm-hmm. Well, like, okay, I'm sure that dazzled the judges, yes. but uh, no, yes. no, oh. no, no. Uh, when they say walk a straight line... I guess that's what they mean. You know, they're not yeah. doing the river dance thing, right. you know? <laughs> they're not thinking. <laughs> but that's a good way to try to camouflage it. Like, no, that was part of my dance move. They said, very nice. Okay, Booker. Yeah. <laughs> Dancer down to the jailhouse. Yeah, yeah, pair of misdemeanors. Oops. Oh, Oops. goodness gracious. Not, not good. <laughs> it's, it's pretty creative. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah. Um, no, a little too fluid. They, okay. they, they smiled. Yeah, yeah. That's one for the books. They can talk about it. Yeah, Yeah. move on. Yep, move on. Not happening. Um, Turkey season opened Sunday. uh, Yep, the spring turkey season. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my kids went out. Didn't didn't get anything. Mm. Uh, My buddy Sean uh, over in Andover. Yeah, yeah. Yep, I got a got a text from him, and he got a twenty and a half pound eight inch uh, eight inch beard. Yeah, with three quarter inch spurs. Nice. Um, He said. Nice, uh, nice hunt. He said Yay, it was fun. Sean. All right. Yep. Wow. Very nice. See, my big takeaway from when we were talking turkey hunting, even before I left, was that it requires patience. Yeah. Right? Yep. Patience. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful. I'm looking at a picture yep. of the turkey. That's yep. beautiful. Yep. That was, nice that was job. His, that was his bird. Yeah, it's a good size. So I know at least one person's got a turkey. Yes. So, Woohoo. Yep. Um, and seeing as how we have. About 42,000 of them in the state. (laughs) (laughs) Now we have, yeah, Yeah. one less. Yeah. Okay. Um, So they're out there. Mm. Um, See what you can can do. Nice. You've got uh, all this month to to get out there. And be patient. Yep. Mm -hmm. And uh, don't forget to put in for the uh, moose lottery. Uh, You've still got time to get in for that. I'm in uh, Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, basically, I just donated my just money. To, yeah. You know. So, increases the odds well, that yeah, you could get. Well, yeah. you know, if you're not in, mm-hmm. you're not in. If you don't play, yeah, you yeah. can't win. Yeah. So, not sure. Um, you know, now that the uh, the whole Chris Rock, um, Will Smith thing has mm-hmm. died down, mm-hmm. uh, nature abhors a vacuum. So, we've got Amber Heard <laughs> and Johnny Depp. Yeah. Um, and the thing I find interesting is... Um, that she just fired, her, she's going to be taking the stand now. Mm-hmm. And she strikes me, and I know nothing, a zero, but she strikes me as a manipulative little shrew. Mm-hmm. Um, um, condescending, uh, in control, uh, drama diva, uh, plays drama, wants to be rescued, you know, and if you don't, then you're a jerk. I just, I've just heard enough, and I was like, yeah, fine, trouble. Um, but anyway, um, she just fired her PR team oh. before she takes the stand. I'm like, well, why? I don't know. I'm like, That's an interesting move. Yeah. Just or just be- before you take the stand. Just before you take the stand. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's, uh, she's, um, she said um, she fears that he was going to kill her. 
Oh, sure. Always go for the drama, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, I don't know. Wow. And again, you know, I've seen it kind of bubble up in the headlines. I've never been intrigued enough to click in and, and read more about it. And I'm thinking, what makes this Hollywood divorce any more salacious than the others? I mean, he's he's a train wreck. Yeah. Okay, I he's get that. He's a whack job. I um, liked him in Benny and June. I mean, he blew millions mm -hmm. on houses and drugs and okay you know um, but again how does how is that all that different from other hollywood stories well, we've it. heard i mean you know, i'm not sure why this is warranting so much attention so she sued him he sued her you know uh she sued him for uh he sued her for 50 million dollars mm -hmm. so what'd she do she sues him for a hundred million <laughs> Like, it's like two eight-year-olds well, going, that's, that's oh, yeah? It. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I know. It's just kind of, really? Mm. It's not real-world stuff. Right. No. It's like, nuh-uh, infinity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. So, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just crazy. Whatever. Crazy, but crazy. I know some people are watching it. Sure. I, I, There's got to be a reason, yeah, that it's bubbling up. Maybe it's just like you said, we've got nothing else to focus on now. Really? You would think there are other bigger things, but... But, I mean, it's like this people, is, yeah. people... There's nothing on TV. Yeah. You've only got 400 channels. <laughs> exactly. Really? Or here's a suggestion. Turn it off. Read a book. Oh, oh Go wow. for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you are old school. I know. Uh, I know. It. You know, I was one of the few on the plane reading a book. Everybody else was watching their whatever on their phone, watching yeah. movies on their phone. Yeah. Did you feel out of step? Did you feel like you were missing I something? I would have if I'd looked up from my book at all. Oh. <laughs> but I was I was buried. That was a good escape. Okay. As we're going through the turbulence and the <gasps> and I am that person that every time we hit a bump, a little speed bump in the air, I'm going, <gasps> What was that? What was that? And I'm looking around to see if anybody else is nervous. So nobody wants to sit next to me. I had that I was uh, on a flight um in Mexico mm -hmm. and turbulent, turbulent. Mm -hmm. I don't know who the, the, mm -hmm. the woman was sitting next to me. Yeah. Death grip on my on my arm and my leg. Oh, that was me. Uh, was he you? Yeah. It's like, Could've wow, been. okay. Uh, honey, I'm married, but thanks. Yeah. Um, she was terrified. Oh, terrified. Yeah. It is. It's scary stuff. News on the way. Going to be back on the other side with more. Come on. Seven is the time, Freddie Moikui. Um, I'm a sucker for these little 
factoids. Mm-hmm. Um, University of Tennessee baseball player, pitcher, threw a fastball in the eighth inning um, yesterday in the team's win over Auburn. It was the fastest pitch ever thrown in college baseball history. Wow. Yep. All right. And he broke his own record that he set back in March when he fired a 104-mile-an-hour fastball against South Carolina. Oh, goodness. This one, 105.5 miles per hour. <laughs> Can you imagine? The pitch just barely missed breaking the Major League Baseball record oh my. set in 2010 of 105.8 miles per hour. That's so close. Yeah. So close. There was an audible gasp from the crowd mm. as the record-breaking velocity flashed on the screen across the stadium. <laughs> An inning later, he hit uh, 101 miles per hour. I would say there are some folks that, with their eye on this fellow. Wow. Um, this is his first season pitching for the Volunteers of Tennessee. Uh-huh. He redshirted last year, uh, switching from Walter State Community College. Right now, Tennessee has the best record in the SEC, uh, 19 and two. Uh, the Volunteers are 40 and four overall. Oh my goodness! Yep, yep. Uh, well, I guess that was a good move. And his consistent triple-digit velocity have turned heads across the college baseball community mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Major League Baseball just a few months before the 2022 MLB draft. Yeah, I would think he might. This might put them him on their radar. If you're gonna stretch your stuff, <laughs> yep. Wow! Wow! 105.5 miles per hour. Can you imagine? Imagine getting hit. Is that what? Yeah. Well, no. I'm just sitting there picturing myself as the batter. (laughs) See, I'm picturing myself as the person obliviously walking in front of it somehow and getting hit. Wow! Um, Yeah. And I'm looking. uh, They've got the photo of his release, and I'm looking at the muscles in the arms. Good night. Wow! You know, 105 and missed the major league baseball record by by just a, yeah yeah and that's that's screaming oh that's impressive so you know, nice good for you kid yeah very good job and again um wow uh, first year pitching <laughs> let's see what you can do kid and, oh and uh <laughs> just uh just as the major league draft is coming by yeah uh, i i think that bodes well yep mm-hmm. yep 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 um <laughs> 9.09 is the time. Uh, Senator, uh, United States Senator Joe Manchin, uh, Democrat, West Virginia. Um, Democrats hate him. Um, hate him and Cinema, uh, um, uh, the, the Democratic senator from Arizona, uh, because they did not back President Biden's Build Back Better agenda. Mm-hmm. They said, I'm not going to do it. Well, if the Democrats don't like Joe Manchin then, they really don't like him now. Because he just appeared in a Republican primary ad defending uh, a Republican from accusations that he supported President Biden's Build Better Back agenda. He said, I have always said, if I can't go home and explain it, I can't vote for it. And that's why I opposed Build Back Better. Wow. Yep. Wow. And uh, he was, um, apparently, Manchin went went on to uh, defend McKinley against a claim from his Republican opponent, Alex Mooney, who accused McKinley of supporting Build Back Better by voting for it. And um, uh, Manchin said, for Alex Mooney and his out-of-state supporters to to suggest David McKinley supported Build Back Better is an outright lie. David McKinley has always opposed reckless spending because it doesn't make sense for West Virginia. 
Alex Mooney has proven he's all about Alex Mooney. But West Virginians know David McKinley is all about us. So if the Dems didn't like you before, Joe... <laughs> this is not improving your no. standing. Oh, but, dear. But, you know, again, in these times, you got to love a guy that says, this is my state. These yeah. are my people. Well, and I like the rationale that you uh, began that with. What is it? If, if I can't understand it, or if I can't go back home and explain it, I'm not gonna I'm not going to vote for it. I like that. Yep. He said, I've always said, if I can't go home and explain it, I can't vote for it. Yep. That's why I opposed Build Back Better. There you go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that also, I mean, I also applaud that independent thinking. He's not just going along with what the party wants yep. him to do. Yep. Yep. So, so um, yeah. So the fact that a Democratic U.S. Senator endorsed a Republican yeah. in a primary election Oh, for impressive. the midterms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, surprising. I'm like, okay, uh, there's no kiss and make up on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Probably off the Christmas card list. Yeah, I would I'm think. Thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You <laughs> probably didn't get an invite to do Easter egg uh, hunt at the yeah, White House. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, no. Maybe no. not. But, uh, but uh, you know, again, you got to reach a point in your life where you say, the hell with it. Right. This is what this I is believe. Right. End mm-hmm. of story. Mm-hmm. And if it's co- going to cost me, it's going to cost me. Right. But I'm going out on my principles. Yes. Yep. I, I yep. like it. And be unapologetic about yep. it. Yes. I, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, sorry to, uh, um, so sorry to hear um, about the big fire yeah. up in uh, Conway. Yes. Um, I mean, that is, um, that, that's just tragic. I mean, the red jacket is, mm. you know. Iconic. Kind uh, of, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, uh, and then to see the video of, because there were so many people that were capturing video, um, to see that much of it on fire was just kind of shocking to your senses as well. It just to watch that uh, being burned and then how much of it was demolished. Um, and the wind was just rocking through. Mm-hmm. They just blew, mm-hmm. spread it quickly. Yep. Uh, and now the uh, story came out uh, that there were no sprinklers. Yes. Uh, because apparently... That part of the building was built in the 70s prior to sprinkler requirements. Sure. So, sure. you know, uh, nobody was hurt. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, that is g- a good g- thing. I'm glad for that. Yeah. Um, but uh, that, that is just such an institution. Yeah. Um, yep. Oh, gosh, I've been up there many times for events. and Yeah. You know, and it's just one of those things that, yep, yep there's the red jacket. I mean, it's, yep. it's one of those parts of yep. the landscape you're used to seeing. It's 70, 75 rooms destroyed. Yeah. Which is quite a number of rooms, honestly, if you think about, you yeah. know, you yeah. know what was not able to be contained. Yep. And I mean, come on. Um, once you get north of the notches, I mean, we're talking uh, tourism, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, and exactly. where do you go? Yeah. You, you, right. you stay at the Red Jacket or, yeah. you know, wherever. Yeah. So um, that's a hit to a lot of folks. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the same thing, uh, you know, in Gorham, mm-hmm. uh, Shelburne, town and country, the mm-hmm. TNC. Yeah. Anything, God forbid, anything ever happened to the TNC? <gasps> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so uh, part of the, uh, uh, so it's going to be closed uh, for a while to try to, A, figure out what happened, mm-hmm. why the fire started. They, they don't know. Um, and uh, apparently other p- uh, people who were staying at the Red Jacket were offered uh, stays at nearby resorts and, you know, um, get out. Um, apparently the rest of the hotel that was not impacted by the fire structurally is okay, but there was some smoke and water damage, so they got to deal that out too, sure. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it is uh, uh, unfortunate, but yes, it is going to be um, 
closed for the foreseeable future. Now the trick is they're they're going to try to figure out how to keep the workers employed. Right, right. Because that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that yeah. impacts. I mean, the ripple effects of that oh, yeah. tragedy. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. You hate seeing stuff like that. Sure. Uh, especially in a uh, tourism dominated economy as we're coming right into peak tourist season yeah well and again conway is one of the places you go yeah you know you want to go to the whites you you want to go on the conway scenic railroad you want to uh take a tube down the uh down the saco you know whatever whatever it's it's what you do so uh that's that's tough i wish them all the best on that one 916 is the time we'll take a break and be back with more on news talk 99.7 wntk am 1490 fm 98.9 wuvr so you don't sound like mad at all <laughs> I love this little big town, not the Carpenters. Oh, oh, oh. I love that song. Okay. Yeah. How many? How many hits? Twenty-nine million. Okay. So right. A couple other people like it too. I guess. Yeah. Or are you just? I, that was me every play, time. Plug yeah. and play. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, yeah. Right. That's another one that makes it onto every Genie mixtape. Uh, Genie mixtape. There you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nine twenty is the time. Um, now I can screw up anything. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, I'm there to but, support but, you. But I never, it never turns out well for me. Oh. Okay? Yeah. Here's a guy in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Brought home a million-dollar lottery prize after <laughs> the clerk made a mistake printing his tickets. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Some guy, 40-year-old chef uh, from West Burlington, Iowa, yep. asked for five easy-pick plays for the Mega Millions drawing. The clerk initially printed just one play, then printed the four remaining plays on a separate ticket. He said, I feel like that changed the numbers I would have gotten if he, instead of, had he put them all on one instead of making the mistake. Sure. He said, I usually don't have good luck, so I thought it was a mistake and there was going to be an error. So I Googled the lottery numbers to make sure I had the right ones, and I did. And then the rest of the day, I'm just waiting to wake up from a dream. Well, no, he's paying off his car, his mother's Uh, mortgage, and saving for his retirement. Yeah. See, that doesn't happen to me. The only mistakes I get is, yeah, you gave me a Big Mac instead of a chicken sandwich. That doesn't. Yeah. doesn't really yield a good return oh man last time i did that i drove by um the golden arches and i ordered um uh, bacon cheese uh, egg bacon bi- egg and cheese a biscuit yeah, yeah yeah and two hash browns yeah got up to the window yep bang there's the bit wow those, these guys are quick <laughs> oh, throw it on oh, the no. seat i'm six miles down the road yeah there's the sandwich no hash browns all right, so here's the question. Did you turn around? Did you do anything about it? Then? Yeah. No. Oh. On my way back. No, you did not. What, a couple hours three later? Three hours later. Stop. 
it. And I said, yeah. and I said, here's the story. At seven o'clock, yep. I have the receipt. Oh, all okay. Right. Yeah, you yeah, charged yeah. me seven dollars and <laughs> like seventeen cents. Okay. Uh, I gave you a twenty dollar bill yep. and seventeen cents. So I wanted the exact change. Okay. Uh huh. And I said, I want my two damn hash browns. <laughs> you know what? And she said, Come to the window. Yes. Got to the window there with the hash browns. Went, Any man you. that's going to come back three hours later demanding hash browns, you just give them the it's hash the browns. It's the principle of the thing. I, okay, but still, I'm saying you probably didn't even have to show them your receipt. Here's this crazy guy in a truck. He just drove three hours back from this morning. He wants hash browns. Receipt. Give him the hash browns. I had the receipt. That's terrifying. I bet they didn't even need to see it. They're just like, here you go, sir. Yeah. Just back away from the window. Yeah. Everything's fine. He, he Stay looks like calm. a redneck. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a yeah, yeah. deranged. I want my hash browns. Wow. Well, you got your hash browns, I, I didn't them. you? All right. I didn't really didn't want them three hours later. But... Of course you didn't, but you wanted to make sure that they made it right for you. Yeah, that's all. Well, I am, yes, I'm sure that that worked out well. Yeah, no, no. I was happy. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I, yep. I mean, why? Do, why would you spend the money and just throw it away? I'm not going to throw it away. You drove back. I don't make your kind of money. <laughs> you wanted to recoup on the two dollars, maybe that you spent on the was, two hash browns. It was like three bucks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Granted, I've, I've blown money on stupider things. I can, but it's the principle. I know it's the principle of All the I thing. ordered was the thing and two hash browns. Yes. Simple order. Yes, it was. But again, I'm pretty sure that some guy that comes back three hours later, you remember the beginning of our shift and some guy? No, I don't. Well, okay. he's demanding his hash browns. I had the he didn't receipt. get them. I'm sure you did. Thank you. All right. And the bag. <laughs> did you have the empty bag yes. with your crumbs and yes. your wrapper from yep. your sandwich? Yep. I was ready to go to war on this one, man. Oh, yeah. I want my two damn hash browns. I bet they're real cooperative when you go through now. They're like, I'm Mr. St. James. Yes, anything you want. Yep. Do you know who I am? Yes, yes, yes. We all do. (laughs) We've seen the memo. We've seen the bulletins on the newsletters. You're good. Thank you. That's all I want. (laughs) A little respect. All right. That's all I want. I'm sure. Um, Somebody uh, looking for respect. Did you see the president was at the uh, um, White House correspondence dinner? I did. Yeah. And he said, you know, um, Republicans seem to support this one fellow, some guy named Brandon. Um, apparently, Brandon's having a really good year, and I'm happy for him. <laughs> like, wow. Well, that's a little little bit of a sense of humor. Yeah, there, yeah. Well, he's got to try. Yeah, he uh, does have yeah, to try. I don't know. He's and, trying, all um, right. To show you what a joke, um, two of my least favorite people on the planet, uh, Kim Kardashian and her new squeeze. Excellent. And he's wearing a faux tux with sneakers. There you love go. Love it. Love yeah. it. Love it. Pete Davidson. To make sure that we know he's not yeah. taking this totally seriously. Um, and, and I'm sure that her ex-husband is beside himself with jealousy. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah oh, maybe not. Clowns. Yeah, I don't get right. it. Uh, Red Sox are off today. Uh, they're recouping. Now the genie's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we they're can play stop, the, stop yep. the skid. Yep. Uh, so they're off today. Um, tomorrow, they start a three-game set at Friendly Fenway Yeah. Uh, against the LA Angels. 7-10 tomorrow night. 7-10 on Wednesday. One thirty-five. Yes! On Thursday. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All about the uh, one thirty-five. And then uh, Friday, <laughs> uh, st- still staying at uh, Fenway. Yeah. Um, 7-10 mm-hmm. against the Chicago White Sox. 4-10 on Saturday. Okay. 11-35 yes. on Sunday. Okay. 
There you go. Beautiful. Yep, yep. Love it. And then they take off and they head to Atlanta after that. But hopefully by then we'll have a six-game winning streak going on. Of course we will. We will be relaxed about it. It's going to be fine. All good. All mm-hmm. right. 927 is the time. We're going to take a break. And... We cleaned up the place. We, got, we did got a little bit, yeah. We in. got we got guests, important right. guests coming okay. in. All right. we'll, we'll we'll tell you about it in just a minute. Aretha, rocking steady. Why, why are we rocking steady? Because uh-huh. that is the name of the boxing club that our next guest is going to be talking about. How come I didn't know about this? Well, sometimes it's oh. better for you to be surprised. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have a banana. You no. <laughs> no, you need to oh. you need to tune in so you know what's okay. going on. But All we right. are so happy to welcome in Paula Flanders. Uh, who's going to tell us all about the importance of May, because I believe it's Parkinson's Awareness Month. Actually, April. April. Oh, okay. April is Parkinson's Awareness Month. But we have some special things going on in May as well. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for coming back. (laughs) We thought we burned you out of the studio last time. I know. We enjoyed talking to you a couple of months ago, I believe now, about curling. and, And I was intrigued that you were involved in something like that and that there are so many folks that are mm-hmm. involved in that because a lot of us only learned about that while we were watching the olympics and we did not truly understand all that's involved <laughs> why sure. are they sweeping the eyes why do they look like they're not doing that but you educated us and you are a powerhouse with that interview we said we need to know more and there's a lot more you're doing not only that's are right. you involved in curling but um, you are involved in rock steady boxing mm-hmm. as a way, I believe, to um, help work with some Parkinson's. To some alleviate p- Parkinson's symptoms. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, it's wow. one of these things that uh, people don't really realize about Parkinson's. Parkinson's is a neurodegenerative disease. Now, that's the one that Michael J. Fox has? Michael J. Fox, okay, and right. he has Michael J. Fox Foundation does a lot of work right. um, and a lot of research, raising money for research in Parkinson's, as does the Parkinson's Foundation and the Davis Finney Foundation. All three of them together hit different aspects of Parkinson's. It's um, a somewhat hidden disease uh, in the U.S. People know about it, but they don't really know what it is. Do we right? know how it starts? Yeah. Um, it starts in the brain. It's it's a this is a neurodegenerative disease. So you. But do you have to have a traumatic brain injury to ha- have? There are many different ways, oh, really? many different paths to get there. Okay. Parkinson's right now has no cure, Ugh. but it is progressive. Okay. Um, and you, they are working, and the medications for it treat the symptoms, mm-hmm. but can't stop the disease okay. at this point. Now, so Lots of research. In this day and age. Right. right. We it's have surprising, we, isn't we it? We can't cure it? Yeah. We can't cure wow. it. Not yet. But what we have found, and particularly over the last uh, several, last couple of decades in particular, there's been a tremendous interest in and a lot of research done on the benefits of vigorous ex- exercise for Parkinson's. 
I was going to say, getting punched in the head probably would not be. <laughs> not, not I know, that does seem counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah, it really does. <laughs> yes, tell us exactly what yeah, the goal no. is here. So rock steady boxing is non-contact. We'll okay. start with okay, that. Okay. Don't get punched okay. in the head. Um, we punch a bag. We don't punch each other. Okay. Um, but the this started um, in the uh, with a, there was an organization called Rock Steady Boxing, and they they started this program, and they now train instructors to teach this program and it's been spreading out through the u.s and there are affiliates around there's a lakes region uh rock steady boxing there's one in the seacoast mm. uh there's one in manchester and up in the upper valley in lebanon at the ccba okay. uh, the recreation center in lebanon so, so there's that many groups yeah there are that many people with parkinson's there's over, um, I think I have the numbers here for you, there's like 60,000 a year that are diagnosed in wow. the U.S. Wow. Um, and the, there's over 10 million, I think, in the, uh, or over 1 million in the U.S. living with Parkinson's at any given time. Wow. New Hampshire has um, around 170,000 Parkinson's patients, really? I believe. Really? I had no idea yeah. that it was no, that high. It, it is. It's one of the, it's a... It's, this, I think, the second most common uh, neurodegenerative disease after Alzheimer's. Really? So. You're right. <laughs> I, think, I think you said it's kind of a hidden thing yes, in the U.S. And not a lot of people talk about it or. Hidden or, in plain sight. Yeah, hidden exactly. Hidden in plain yeah. sight. Exactly. But the, the symptoms vary dramatically. Okay. Um, and, and what different people may exhibit can be can look like completely different things sure. from one another. Sure. Uh, most people think of Parkinson's, they think of a tremor. Yep. Yeah. And I have a bit of a tremor in my left hand and my left foot. Okay. Uh, but tremor is not my major symptom. It doesn't bother me greatly at all. Okay. Um, but there are a lot of non-motor symptoms as well. Anxiety, um, things like uh, inability to sleep well. So it's there's mm. linkages between things like Parkinson's and... Um, REM disorder, REM sleep mm -hmm. disorder. Okay. Uh, so that you're not sleeping, and then you, and then fatigue is a Parkinson's mm -hmm. symptom. Really, really bad fatigue. So those feed into one another. Lots of different different things, but balance, of course, is part of it as well. So for a lot of Parkinson's patients, one of the you may your gait changes. You might freeze. Oh. You can't. You, you stop and you can't keep moving. Okay. That's, yeah. Um, you you start losing your ability to kind of know where you are in space uh -huh. to some degree and yeah. to balance sure so for, focusing on balance is very important boxing what even apart from parkinson's is all about agility and speed and and muscle strength and power sure all the things that parkinson's patients are worried about losing um so the earlier you can start with an exercise that treats all those things the more likely you are to have a good outcome for Parkinson's or to make your Parkinson keep your Parkinson's symptoms from progressing sure. as quickly. And huh. so we start out with like a warm-up, you know, typical warm-up and stretching like you might do in any class, any gym or anything like that. And we'll go right in to put on our boxing gloves and go into the bags and, and do combinations of punches and do some calisthenic type things in between, like, you know, really fast feet and, yeah. you know, moving back and forth and, and trying to get the heart rate up and keep moving because vigorous does appear to be a component of it. Wow. Um, not only for boxing, others that have shown benefits are spinning. 
uh, bicycling at above what you would be comfortable at normally if you push it. Mm -hmm. And there is a spinning on Zoom, I think, still um, in the Upper Valley. Um, dance, and some, you know, anything, these kinds of motions that get people to move, to make big motion. Parkinson's patients tend to, their, mo their movements get smaller and smaller over time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you need to work at making them big. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we're always talking about big arms, <laughs> you know, move those arms, sure. move those legs. Keep high steps, lift your knees so that you don't catch your toes, you don't fall. Parkinson's patients, a lot of what happens with Parkinson's patients is eventually, as they progress, they fall, hmm. they break a hip, end up in the hospital, sure. and it goes downhill from there. Yeah. Yep. The medications for Parkinson's right now tend to be ones that you have to take on a very rigid schedule and um, stay with it and at the right dosages. People get anything like falling and breaking hip and ending up in the hospital can throw you off your medications as well as trying to heal from the hip. Right, so, right. So it's kind of a double setback. It's kind of a yeah. double setback. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the, uh, but the Rocksteady Boxing Program was one, when I first was diagnosed with Parkinson's, I was looking around and saying, okay, what can I do? I was mm -hmm. physically active, pretty active. I was still working at that point. I've since retired, but. How long, how long ago was it you were uh, diagnosed? 2000, 2015. Do you remember what you, what your immediate reaction was? Um, I wasn't totally shocked because my mother had Parkinson's. Oh. Okay. However, I've learned since then only about 15% of um, Parkinson's diagnoses are hereditary. I had thought it was a much higher number. Yeah. Right. Um, more like there's many environmental possible causes, um, pesticides, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, people that grew up in farming areas, people that grew up on wells. I. That's me. <laughs> well, yeah. water yeah. And in a farming area. Sure. Um, we did some genetic testing early on when my mother was diagnosed, and did not. I do not appear to have any of the genes that would typically be related to Parkinson's that she had. So interesting. Yeah. So, um, when they, so when they told you that you were now the proud owner of Parkinson's, right? Uh, you did not automatically assume. Oh, this is a death sentence. No, it's it was. My, I had to remind myself, my mother had done very well, even, you know, this was back in 1980, early 80s, mm -hmm. that she, right about by 1980, that she was diagnosed, so quite a while ago. Okay. Um, but she did very well. She lived to be 84. Mm -hmm. okay. And um, with her, it was, you know, eventually she just, she did just kind of give up. I think she broke a hip. She, did, you know, had all these things, and she slowly gave up. And I thought, the one thing we could not get her to do, because she never liked it in her entire life, was to exercise, okay. even though the doctors, even then the neurologists were recommending exercise mm -hmm. or physical therapy and occupational therapy. Sure. You know, anything to help with the, the foundational strength, with those movements, with that agility, with keeping your mental focus and balance. Um, and she, she wanted nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if this ever happens to me, I'm not going to be that way. Yeah, you seem you seem to be a fighter. Yeah, yeah, yes. you really do. Yeah, and that's know, that's yeah. you know my I am rock the, yeah. my, I love the it. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're fighting back against Parkinson's. Sure. That's the part of the um, the motto. I, yeah. I guess. Well, I would and say that's going to be somewhat therapeutic. You're punching yeah. away at this, you know, <laughs> disease or at yeah. the, you know, at, at the process. Yeah, it feels good sometimes just to say, yeah, I actually, you know, hit that pretty hard. <laughs> I <laughs> get some of your impression out. Yeah, right. exactly. Uh, uh, how, how often do you hit the bag? 
I only get to go once a week because that's what we have available up here in the Upper Valley. Uh, I would go more than once if we did, but we have other options. So as you know, I curl because that also works my balance. I do yoga. We have several great yoga places around and and, uh, so I I do yoga for balance. On the ice, sweeping and and doing curling, you got to have some balance. Yes. Yes, I've worked hard on the balance portion of that because I don't want to give up curling. And that's, you know, at this point, um, What is it with you people on curling? I don't want to give up curling. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Once you're in, you're like, Most yeah. people don't know what the hell curling is. And you're going, oh, my God, I don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. No. I love it. Um, it's a great sport. Yeah. It's mm. social. It's fun. It's really good. Uh, it's just, it's a really great sport. Mm. And, uh, yeah, don't want to give that up. So I have to work on that balance. Mm-hmm. And uh, How long do you work on the bag? When there. We do it. Uh, it's about forty minutes, I think, with, wow. some, with a couple of breaks in there. Yeah, like short that's breaks. impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a long time. And then, and then we go right into like what I would call sort of a circuit training kind of thing, where we'll have different stations, and the way our instructor sets them up, she usually has one that is on fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. So you're doing something like taking little bolts and nuts apart okay. and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And maybe while standing on one foot or standing on something <laughs> that's a little squishy so that your you know balance is thrown off. Um, she'll do something that involves, that integrates some cognitive mm-hmm. skills. Yep. The one that we all love and go absolutely like, oh, I can't believe you're doing this to us again. She has a sheet of paper yeah. and has all the colors typed out, you know, the, the, the colors, the words. Yep. The words themselves are in a color that is different from the word. Oh. So the word yellow might be black. Right. Typed in, you know, black. Yeah. And you have, the first time you go through them and you're doing something else at the same time, something physical, you have to say what the actual color that you can see is. And the second time through, you say what the word is, not what the color. So it's really, yeah. It's Try it sometimes. Or... It's really challenging. I'm sitting here thinking, could we pass that? I know. That's what I'm thinking. Like, no, <laughs> right. no. Yeah. Because those kind of mental challenges, that's the mm-hmm. other thing that's very good for Parkinson's, to keep those brain cells functioning and firing the way they're supposed to. Wow. And to build well, new pathways in the brain. April, uh, April was Parkinson's Awareness Month. Yep. And May 14th is Parkinson's Foundation Moving Day. That is correct. We're going to take a break, and we're going to hear more about what Parkinson's Foundation Moving Day event in Concord is all about. We'll be back right after this. so bored in your life that you watched all eight of the Rocky movies? <laughs> no. I, I have. have to say. I have. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, a lot of ice cream. A lot, a lot there of ice cream. You go. <laughs> yeah, shoveling it in. That, sure. uh, but, you know, the guys, I mean, they made a good career out of oh, it. Oh, yeah, he did. So. Yeah, iconic. And it seems appropriate, seeing as how we're talking a little bit of uh, rock steady boxing. Uh, and uh, uh, Paula's in the, uh, Paula Flanders in the studio with us today. And, uh, okay, so we're talking about the Parkinson's Foundation Moving Day event in Concord. 
coming up on May 14th. What What is that? So every, every year at the Parkinson's Foundation, it sponsors moving day events around the country. Uh, May 14th happens to be the New Hampshire moving day this year. And it's all about awareness of Parkinson's, but also the awareness of exercise around Parkinson's. Get oh. out and move. Oh. And it's fundraising. We're, okay. we're raising funds. So the Upper Valley Rocksteady Boxing Team, we're out there. We're ra- we've raised over $11,000 so far, I think. Anyone that wow. wants to donate, please do. You can go to Parkinson Foundation, or yeah, www.parkinson.org and, and find Moving Day and how to wow. uh, donate. Um, and even well, search for that team. money go? What's that money go for? That goes to mainly to research, but or not, I shouldn't say mainly. It goes partly to research. It also goes to grants um, for things like rock steady bo- uh, boxing. We've gotten grants multiple years oh, wow. for our rock steady boxing program. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't have one in mm. the Upper Valley because um, it's hard to get some of those. We don't have a lot of those facilities, so. Um, yeah, we appreciate that, and we try to show that we we appreciate and respect what they're doing by participating in the in the walk sure. and raising money and giving back to that. Are, are there other high-profile people besides you and Michael J. Fox uh, that have it that Alan, have Parkinson's? Alan Alda. Okay, that's one you would know. Um, yep. Catherine Hepburn had Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Williams had, had it turns out, um, Lewy body dementia, which is a very closely connected thing to okay. Parkinson's. You almost you tend to be, it's hard to diagnose which is which wow. until you get well into it, actually. Hmm. Um, and that's what, um, why he eventually died. Um, there are several others that have come out um, that are escaping me right now, but there yeah. have been other people wow. who have come out and admitted that, yes, they do have Parkinson's, sure. which I think is great because mm-hmm. you get someone like Alan Alda talking yeah. about it, mm-hmm. and you do get that awareness of it and the understanding that life does go on. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't, if, if, and the more you can go on with your life, sure. the more likely you are to keep your symptoms in check. So I like it. So, and even just thinking of yourself, I know you've made a very conscious effort to, to kind of keep moving and make mm-hmm. sure that you're doing exercise um, and, and maybe partly because you saw, you know, maybe that that right. hindered your mom. Yeah. Um, how many days a week then are you, because between curling yep. and you've talked about <laughs> yoga and you've talked about boxing, so how many days a week would you say that you're physically active, like in a concentrated way I try to be physically active every day wow Um, my husband and I try to walk every day a Mm -hmm. minimum of two miles I try for four miles every day Wow. Um, we I'll break it in half one in the morning like this time of year because you've got enough daylight you can yeah Um, and in the winter it's hard sometimes to get that much in but we we try Um, I go to the uh, hungry heart gym that has just opened up over here which is i think fabulous and in fact i'm probably going to go there after i leave here <laughs> <laughs> of course you are yeah so you know that's great i yeah. uh, i'm right in between for yoga classes but really looking forward to getting back into those as spring is going i was just doing too much curling this winter so i couldn't quite fit them in sure um but so i do do yoga and i do the boxing 
I would like to start doing Tai Chi, but I haven't found a class for that yet. So wow. that's another one that is has ties to has shown to be very good for Parkinson's. I just sure. want to take a nap. You're saying big movement. I'm listening I to her schedule. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. You know, the rest of us are wow. like, I'm trying to get motivated to go to the gym three days a week. And here she is <laughs> doing something every day. I feel better. And, right. And that's the motivation. Sure. When you feel better, yep. you, you want you to do it. Yeah. Because you're like, wow, okay. Sometimes, yeah, at the end, I'm tired. I may go home and take a nap, mm-hmm. but um, because I have to allow myself downtime oh, yeah. and recovery times, and every, every now and then I have what I call a recovery day where I just say sure. no exercise today. Yep, it's a recovery yeah. day. Do you feel like you're letting the team down by doing nothing? No, because my body's telling me it needs okay. it. Okay, yep. okay. And sure. you know, if you don't give yourself that time, you you'll you'll just crash worse. <laughs> There's just yeah. no way around yep. it. The fatigue's going to catch up with you. Um, I'll be hiking. Um, in August, this is the first first for me. I'm going to be doing a backpacking trip that is, mm. I think, six days, five and a half, six days, backpacking on the Pacific Crest Trail. That's specifically for Parkinson's patients. Really? This is a, a nonprofit organization out on the West Coast that has put this together. Wow! And uh, so they have support hikers that hike with the Parkinson's patients so that we don't have to carry quite as much. They have to carry all their own gear. We only have to carry more or less day pack, you know, with lunch and our extra clothes and things like that, but like a 15-pound pack and um, llamas to help carry some of our stuff. Love it. So Love. I'm looking forward to that. I think it's yeah, going to be exciting. What an adventure. Yeah. And, and then, you know, that, that strikes me that, you know, we've talked about Parkinson's being kind of a hidden in plain sight uh, kind of a thing because nobody's really talking about it. But as you're getting to know about some mm-hmm. of these organizations and the ad- adventures that they have planned, is there a sense of support also? Because you've Absolutely. got then, you know, other yeah. folks that are in your same boat. I mean, what's it like then to see other folks who are living with Parkinson's? Yeah, it's, it's tremendous because that sense of community, and that's one of the things with Moving Day and Concord is because you're bringing people from, you know, all over the state who happen to have some relationship to Parkinson's, whether they're a patient, whether they're a caregiver, whether they're family and friends, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you get that sense of community. It's not just me. I'm not just alone. Because one of the most difficult things that I found about Parkinson's is that because it's so different for each person, mm-hmm. that whether the symptoms that you uh, have or the medications that work for you or whatever, you have to do a lot of self-advocacy. You really have to understand um, what what's going on in your body. You kind of have to listen to your body, sure. pay attention to it. You have to communicate really well with your neurologist or movement disorder specialist. And, and you really probably will have a care team of, of several, you know, movement disorder specialists, a, maybe a physical therapist, um, and your regular doctor and so on, and a neurologist. And um, so you have, to, you have to be able to communicate what you're feeling and talk to them about how to, you gotta, how to handle different You gotta things. know how to ask the questions to get the answers you need. Right, so sometimes just asking another person with Parkinson's, have you ever felt this? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. did, yeah. did you ever, because some things, one of the things that happens for me is when my, if I'm not on the right dosage of medication or if it's wearing, wearing off too soon, my hands and feet hurt. Mm. I would particularly notice it first thing in the morning. So, you know, I'm in my early 60s. I'm getting up in the morning in the winter and my hands hurt. What's your first thought? It's not Parkinson's. Right. You think arthritis. Arthritis, arthritis yeah. yeah. And I'm, you know, rubbing my hands like, oh, man, I'm getting arthritis really bad. No. I didn't have my dosages of my medication right. 
Interesting. Once I discovered that I needed to take a, a dose during the night yeah. and talk to my uh, doctor about that sure. and started doing it, my hands don't hurt. So it strikes me that, that it's really causing you to be um, very finely tuned into your body because you've talked about... And I'm thinking you have to know when to push mm-hmm. also because certainly doing your exercise yep. is pushing you a little bit um, to, to strengthen and, and get those things done. But then you have to listen to, okay, my body's saying I need to stop and rest. Mm-hmm. And my body's telling me, you know, if this hurts, there's something else right. going wrong. So I think it sounds like you really have to be really finely tuned into um, learning the signals of your body. Yep. The, the mo- you you get out of it what you put into it. It's wow. it really is yeah. that way for Parkinson's and sure. exercise. Wow, wow, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> the things that you you don't think about. No, right. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now um, the doses of medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't there just one dose? That Not you- for me. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> you see, I I, right. I I was just thinking, oh, two pills a day, one in the morning, one at night. Boom, boom, boom. That's that's it. It's common for Parkinson's patients to take, most everyone needs to take, that has Parkinson's needs to take some form of carbidopa levodopa, which is going to get the dopamine back into their brain. That's what you're losing with Parkinson's, you're losing the dopamine. Um, And a common range is And by the way, girl, you don't look like you've lost anything. (laughs) I'm just saying. Okay. Thank you. That's all right. Enough to shame. Um, A common thing is like, you know, three to four times a day that people will take medication. What I discovered, and working with my with a neurologist and a movement disorder speci- specialist, I determined that I really don't. Um, there's there's a longer lasting version of it okay. uh, that's like an extended release. It does not work for me at all. Mm, it just okay. it wears off randomly mm. and leaves me feeling um, not right. So I ended up discovering that a four hour interval is right for me. So every four hours. Gotcha. Over the course well, of good. 24, I take it. That's good. All right. Well, look, um, uh, we're going to run out of time here uh, quickly. Uh, uh, amazing how the time. It does fly. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, but again, we have moving day coming up uh, May 14th. Right. Uh, in Concord. Rollins uh, Park. If people want to get okay. uh, involved, where do they go? Um, go to the... Uh, Parkinson's Foundation website, which is www.parkinson, no S on the end, dot org, O-R-G. Parkinson. Parkinson.org. Okay. Or you can do www.movingdaywalk.org. Okay. That will end all one word, Moving Day Walk. Now, you can uh, go to that website to get involved or to donate. Uh, you can donate. Yep. You can find out how, you know, you can get a map to where the location is in Concord. It's at Rollins Park on, on Bow Street. Yep. Um, you can you can just find out more and links to other information. All right. So when are you going to run for political office? <laughs> Never. We'll get you back. <laughs> She'd be great. Oh, that's all right. That's not me. Sorry. Right. Well, find another reason to come back and join us. I would we love having be you happy come to Paul. do that. I Excellent. love talking right. to you guys. It's been pa- fun. Paula Flanders in the studio today. I'm sure glad I dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> you looking spiffy. Thank mm-hmm. you. All right, we're out of here. Back tomorrow. We'll play again. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>